Hello, and welcome to Dice Try, the RPG and storytelling podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Schaub. Hello, and welcome to the new episode of Dice Try. My name is Daniel Schaub. I am your host and GM. Today, I have with me all my players, Earl Kim. Hello. Crystal Llewellyn. And we also have Paul Allen Dixon. Paul? Can you not hear me? (laughs) Now I can hear you. Okay. (laughs) I just got worried. I was like, we were all like, uh... I thought it was a bit because he usually just, when we were recording video, usually say things and then he just makes a motion i thought i thought it was a bit let's keep it as a bit <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm waving <laughs> exactly and uh unfortunately we do not have gtm here which Aww. leaves me feeling exposed and naked before you <laughs> all very sad yeah so if uh, there are any technical problems with this episode, you can lay We're them fucked. all at my feet. What does GTM stand for? Gone till tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's apostrophe morrow. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, we left off at a fairly big moment, so I want to get into it pretty much right away. So let me read our little recap and introduction here. So our recap. Previously, our heroes continued their investigation into the strange occurrences around New Nazareth Plantation and grew increasingly convinced that the epicenter of this activity is a cave hidden beneath the town's graveyard. At the same time, while at the hotel, the ghostly form of a nun appeared and attempted to kill our heroes. It was only stopped after awakening the hotel keeper, Miss Danton, who has been connected to this ghost all of her life. The question of how the ghost reappeared after all these years and why remained up in the air as they went to the tobacco trying kilns. Inside, they found Washington Martell and his gang, faces clad in white sheets. A ghostly vapor caused Martell's gun to misfire and for Martell to fall into the burning hot coals of a kiln. But then, Martell pulled himself free of the coals, embers burned into his skin, and roared at our heroes. And then here's our little introduction, because we've been talking about tobacco a lot, so here's some background information about (laughs) tobacco. Tobacco is the common name for several different plants in the Nicotiana genus and some of the nightshade family. Despite being co-opted as a vice for European settlers, here are just a few of the other uses for tobacco leaves, some magical and some not. One, tobacco can be used as an antiseptic. Two, it was used in enema form to eliminate muscle spasms. In South Carolina, it's used as a remedy for jellyfish stings. In South America, tribes smoke tobacco to communicate with spirits. Five, to ensure a safe journey, you may carry dried tobacco leaves in a sachet or small purse. Number six, sprinkling dried leaves around doors and windows keep negative energies out of your house. And seven, it can be used to dominate people, including drawing them to you or compelling them to write to you. Sorry, that just my brain's just thinking about like I want these people to be my pen pals. <laughs> so yeah, the article that I was reading, just to explain it a little bit further, as I was doing research, is that in place of other herbs, you can use tobacco leaves in like spells that you put inside of letters, and it will compel them to write to you. But also, one of the other things they mentioned was that you can chew tobacco and spit it on a path that you know that that person is going to take and they will be drawn to you. 
Dang, all these properties I did not know yeah. that tobacco had. So that's why I wanted to uh, cover a little bit of it this time. So yeah. we're leaving behind L.A. We're going back into New Nazareth Plantation. <laughs> you are standing in the big brick building with the sliding door that uh, is the uh, tobacco drying kilns. The front of the room is full of these bales of tobacco leaves, some which have been already fire cured some which if not and then at the back of the room there are several kilns lighting the walls so they can hang the tobacco leaves and dry them out and at the back of the room is martel and his associates martel has just climbed out of the fire and his clothes have burned off of him so he's standing there naked at the far end of the room from you i mean do you mean that they burned into him <laughs> yes. So they, so the coals went all the way through his clothes and into his skin. Eee. So they're they're embedded like a like a burning red zit almost. So and then there are lines of like burning flesh as it darkens and turns black around each of those embedded coals in his skin. One of his eyes has actually just been like seared shut, and a bunch of his hair has been burned off but he has stood up he roars at all of you and we are gonna go into combat everybody so we're gonna decide who goes first i mean why why us so before we start everybody gets three channel points for defeating the ghost oh yay and then everybody needs to choose one of their qualities and roll a d12 to see how close you get to it Okay, I'm going to use Resourceful. I got a one. Uh, okay. I'll do uh, Enduring. I got a six. Okay. I'll say Focused. I got a two. Okay, so you are within one. Uh, Martel was at three. So, Sheriff, you are going to go first. Well, I have a gun. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll shoot my gun. So you're going to use experience and firearms, which is eight. Real quick, how many uh, are how many are engaged in combat right now? Um, all of his associates are too taken aback right at the moment. It does not seem like they are going to fight you, at least for the moment. Okay. It just seems like Washington Martell is the. Uh, it's just the two. We're just. It's just us versus him. Yeah. All right. Uh. Okay. What What do I need to do? Uh. Roll eight d twelve. Eight d twelve. Okay. Three. Six. Eight. Eight. Twelve. Three. Six and two. Nice. So you got ten successes. So I'm going to roll for Washington Martell here. The sheriff whips out his revolver, takes a shot, and you see the bullet travel across the room, smash into Washington Martell's chest, and a burst of cinders pour out from his chest as he is wounded. And he roars again that's like a mixture between a human roar and a and a fire crackling. <laughs> so he just fire came out where blood should, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just just checking. <laughs> uh Sheriff, who would you like to go next? Krista? Uh, I probably I'm gonna do call the nature, I think. Let's try to like Attack him with some vines or whatever, whatever it manifests as. So some plants are going to appear and attack him. So can you go ahead and roll your practice plus nature for me? Okay, seven. Twelve, eleven, five. 
would you like to re-roll any of those dice for one channeling point? Because you got three successes. Uh, I'm going to save my channeling points, I think. So the uh, stone floor cracks and this uh, vine whips up from in between the cobblestones and lashes out and tries to grasp Washington Martell kind of around the neck and chest. But as it wraps around him, the vine just quickly withers and burns up and he yanks the uh, burnt pieces off of himself and throws it away. Uh, well, you choose who goes next, Krista. I think I'm going to have him go just because I am constantly worried about that whole enemies getting more rounds depending on who goes before them. So we'll do that. Um, that's probably, probably good too because I'm probably going to do better reacting than than acting. So great. So at the start of his turn, as he throws off that vine that whipped around him he like steals himself you know just a moment before he runs and a bunch of cinders spray off of him and they actually burn his associates that are standing around him and almost like they've been sprayed in the face by hot coals they grasp onto their face as their sheets covering their uh, visage are burned up and start burning their own faces and he is going to charge toward, uh, well, Charles was the first person he saw. So he's going to go after Charles. So he's going to charge directly at you. And I am going to let you know that he does have the uh, fire damage. Or he has the uh, react special ability, which means I'm going to spend channeling points to have him attack you again three times this round. Oh. Great. Because two other people already act. But he did use up two channeling points in order to do that. Why don't we start with your defense rolls? Okay. Uh, which is enduring plus either archaic weapons or unarmed combat, however you want to look at it. I'll do, I'll do unarmed because I don't think I would have had my weapons out at this point. Okay. Five. Four. Four, three, five, three, eight, four. So why don't you go ahead and roll all three of the sets for me? Just so I only have to do it once as well. Oh, okay. So next, seven, ten, seven, eight, two, Four, four, six. And then last one, two, five, three, four. Huh. Four, four, nine, eleven. So Sorry. just Sorry. To, four, just four to... just means death, death. <laughs> In Asian numbers. Death, death, nine, eleven. Sorry. So I will just let you know in uh in case you want to re-roll, on the first defense, you had five successes. On the uh -huh. second, you had eight. And on the third, you only had four. Do you want to re-roll die for any one of those rolls? I would like to re-roll the first and the second. Or on the first and the last. Okay. So that'll cost you a channeling two. point for each. Yeah, so two channeling points, right? Yep. Okay. So for the first one, eight. Last one, 10. <laughs> so that gets you up to nine on the first one, eight on the second, and five on the last. Okay. Okay. So like you were kind of saying, you weren't not expecting him <laughs> to both with such fury and as many times. Because as he rushes forward Eesh. and his hand comes slicing down through the air like heat vapors, like a highway coming off of his skin, the first strike comes down and you easily deflect it with your knife second strike comes around from the side you bring your knife down to bounce that one away but then his arm comes up and he catches his forearm underneath your chin and you feel <laughs> a singeing sensation as some of your uh, facial hair is singed and burned off but then it's Bitch. quickly followed up by the impact as his elbow catches you in the chin <laughs> my beautiful beard 
now you are the last person to act in the round. What would you like to do? All of the things around us, are we, by, am I by any chance near any of those large receptacles filled with water? Uh, they're filled with tobacco. Not oh, water. they're just tobacco. Oh, they're just tobacco. There okay. is a, a water tower behind the building, mm. but it would take you some time to run all the way there and yeah, bring it yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> no, not practical. Not practical. I see. Um, all right. Well, then I guess we're just going to do. Uh, I will come in with a double strike then. So that should be eight to attack for you, I believe. Six. Six, twelve, four, uh, four, eight, three, five. And do you want to go ahead and roll the uh, second one? Oh, yeah. Roll my second one as well. Ten, eight, four, twelve, five, five, four, eight. And then, because they're the, your signature weapons, you can roll mm -hmm. another d12 for each of those mm. strikes. Yes. But it does not affect the uh, target number. Uh, 8 and 13. Mm -hmm. Or 13. 8 and 11, <laughs> sorry, 11. Okay, so you're going to hit him both times. Do you kind of want to describe the moves that you make in order to strike um, him? Yeah, I think essentially... They're mainly going to be, uh, I'm going to be trying to incapacitate him or like keep him from moving. So uh, essentially, uh, he's just elbowed me, right? Like, so we're in pretty close quarters, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, so I'm basically just uh, going to try and essentially duck up and under him and try and get uh, slice sort of up into his armpit uh, just so, just to. Just to be annoying every time he tries to move or attack. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, basically after sort of passing through the back of him and sort of ducking in under and slashing the armpit, I want to sort of flick around really quickly and, and try and catch the back of his knee. Yeah. So you do a quick strike up into his armpit as his, he has his elbow raised from hitting you in the chin. Mm -hmm. And you actually see the knife point come out right by his collarbone. You quickly Stop. yank it back out, spin around, catch him right behind the knee. And as you cut him both times, you see a little puff of flame as some mm -hmm. fire comes out from the knife point. But mm -hmm. then uh, instead of blood pouring out, ash and cinder start to pour out of his wounds. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. Uh, <laughs> Earl, who would you like to start the next round? If I have him go, does he get, is it three attacks that he gets? No. 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 Uh, it resets every round, so if he's the first person to go, he can only take one action. Great, I'll have him go next. After you finish flicking at the back of his knee and come around, he actually stumbles for a second, but then you see him, like, get low, and suddenly um, the cracks in his skin that has been, like, scorch marks start hmm. to seep open, and you see burning firelight within his oh. torso, essentially. And a eruption of flame is going to come out right around him. He's going to oh. use two ch channeling points. Um, so <laughs> let's say Charles and the sheriff are going to need to defend against this. Okay. So for Charles, let's use enduring and unarmed combat. So you have okay. eight. Eight. And then for the sheriff, let's say grit plus tactics, which is five. So let's start with Earl, and I will write that down. Okay. Uh, 1, 7, 12, 6, 8, 10, 8, 5. Okay, so that's 9 successes. Subtract 1 since you were injured. And then for the sheriff, if you could roll Eight. those 5d12. 5d12, okay, hold on. 
I just realized I can do more than one at a time. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm a dork. All right. So we got 10, 3, 9, 1, and 10. Okay. Uh, so you got three. Do you want to spend a channel point to reroll one of those, Paul? Yeah. Four. So okay. you can spend two channeling points to reroll it again if you want. Six. Wow. So that puts you back down to four channeling points. Now I'm going to re-roll for Washington Martell's eruption. I'm going to roll for fire. <laughs> wow, that sucked. So this eruption of flames basically comes out of Washington Martell's thorax, essentially, and washes over both uh, the sheriff and over Charles, but they both quickly kind of roll out of the way and duck as the <laughs> sparks fall down. Most of the building is brick, so it will not burn down, but some of it does land on the tobacco leaves. It does oh. not seem enough that it will actually like start a huge blaze, but if he like continues to do it, that might become a problem. Oh, we've got some burning tobacco is what you're saying. There's like Yeah. Okay. Uh, after him, let's have Maeve go next. So, Maeve, what are you going to do? Are the barrels that the, the tobacco are kept in, are they, first off, close to me? And what are they made out of? Are they like a wooden barrel? Or are they a metal barrel? Uh, so, actually, what I said was uh, bales. So, they're actually like bales, backdrop. Sorry. Ah. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. So, they're Covering. loose. Um, could, could could I just, like, throw one at him to light it on fire? Uh, so the bales are quite large <laughs> and heavy. What I will okay. offer is if you use the in-a-pinch signature move that you have, I will allow oh. you to create basically a cleansing powder, uh, like ripping off some tobacco leaves, mixing it up in your hand, and throwing it like uh, throwing dust in someone's face. Obviously, the, the way you recommended. You use your in a pinch, which costs two channeling points, and it basically allows you to create an alchemical substance to fit your needs within the moment. And you're going to throw it in his face. So let's do resourceful plus alchemy, which for you is nine. Four, twelve, three, six. Five, ten, four, one. 12. You got three successes. Uh, would you like to re-roll any of those dice? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so it's going to cost you a channeling. Yeah, I'm down to two channeling points now. Nine, nine. We want the nine. Three. Three? No, three, at least. Oh, so that makes two. four. Three's good, too. <laughs> So he rolled to defend himself, and because uh, he is injured, he did have to subtract a couple of things. So he tied you. So the powder made of tobacco leaves and the other like uh, salt and stuff that you mixed in there, all that cleansing stuff, you threw it in his face, and it's on his skin. And you can see it's not quite sizzling, but it's like trying to penetrate into his form in order to quote-unquote cleanse him, but it's having no effect yet. But if he doesn't get it off his skin on his, your next turn, it may cause him further damage. Practice next, right? Uh, uh, it'd be either the sheriff or Charles. Oh, oh, sheriff. Sheriff hasn't gone yet. I'll say the sheriff. I think I'm going to shoot him. So, for shooting, it's going to be 8d12. 8d12. We have three ten four seven two two six twelve. Okay, and then you do. I keep forgetting to do this with the signature weapons. You can roll one more d twelve. Oh yeah, oh, okay. you get an extra d twelve. I have a two. Okay, so that gives you six, six or seven successes sorry 
So after uh, Maeve sprinkled that dust in his face and he can feel it like sizzling on his skin, he starts to turn to look in her direction. And at that moment, the sheriff brings up his revolver, cocks it, and blam! A shot goes in through his cheek. <laughs> and you see oh, it actually bounce off several of his teeth, shattering oh. part of his jawbone. Wow. And just, then it all, this massive cinder and bone and charred bone and stuff erupts out of his other cheek as the bullet exits on the other side. And then uh, Charles would be the last one to act in this round. Um, uh, how is he looking? He's still got some fight in him. Okay, okay. Um, all right, well then, I guess, yeah, I guess we'll double, we'll go in for another double strike. Okay. Might as well. 10, 10, 6, 1. Nine, four, eight, three. And then... Okay, and then go ahead and roll that extra d12 yep. for using your signature weapon. Six. So that gives you seven on the first one. I've already subtracted one for being injured, and then we'll move on to the second. Uh, six, eight, ten, four. Five, six, eight, five. And then go ahead and roll your extra oh, die yeah. there. Four. Nice. So you got seven on the first, nine on the second. Mm. Uh -huh. Okay. So as the cloud of cinders and teeth erupt out of his cheek after the bullet has passed through his mouth, uh, Martel is actually blinded for a bit, and as his head is spinning around from the... Uh, the impact of the bullet. He does not see Charles coming along and quickly slash him once across the chest, and then it flicks upward and cuts through the bottom part of his chin. Earl, who would you like to start the next round? Okay. So, it's a big risk, but I kind of want Maeve to go next so that we could maybe finish him off before the turn comes to him. Okay. Um, uh, I just don't know what I would finish him off with. Well, first of all, you have the uh, the stuff that's already on his skin. Yeah, because the, the, that's, still, roll for. Yeah, that's, oh, okay. still, that's still hurting him, right? Yeah, potentially. Okay, cool, that was and my then, main, yeah. And then whatever you wanted to do in addition to that, Krista, that could potentially hurt him. Um, I mean, I was just going to start setting shit on fire to get it <laughs> smoky, because I don't really know what else I could do, because the call to nature didn't really work. Um, I don't really want to spend any more of my channeling points on a signature move. Um, I mean, you could also just swing at him with a knife if you wanted. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I can give it to Paul if that's easy. If we can, we can have the sheriff go if, if that's. So, will the damage only sink in once my turn ends, or will it continue to burn him and get worse as the longer it goes on? Uh, I will say, if on your turn, uh, you roll uh your resourceful plus alchemy again, and uh. I'll uh, choose a number, and if you beat that number of successes, I will allow it to continue on to your next turn. I'll do that, and then just maybe, like, set a bale on fire and, and buff it. Sure. So, at the Make start of your turn, let's start with the, um, the powder that's already on his skin. So, that's mm -hmm. resourceful plus alchemy, which is nine. Okay. 
and then let me roll for him. Um, defending against these magical, magical kind of attacks is not his forte, and he's getting a bunch of subtractions for being hurt. So you could still potentially hurt I him. Bang him up. Okay, I actually rolled a pretty crappy too, because. <laughs> You see the uh, mixture of salt and tobacco and like iron file and shavings kind of seep into his skin and his skin starts to go sallow and uh, like little poofs of flame come in, but then the tobacco disappears into what is left of his cheeks and whatnot after a bullet went through. So he actually does take damage. So can you roll, roll your resourceful plus alchemy one more time? And this is basically to keep the, uh, the potency of the spell. Keep it sizzling. Nine, six, five, eleven. Take it to go. Mouth watering. Take it to go. Eleven, ten, six, four. Nine. Nine. Okay. So you do successfully keep the spell going. Uh, what else did you want to do with the rest of your turn? Just gonna maybe set one of the bales on fire. Okay. And waft it towards him. That's all I can think of doing. Okay. Um, Set my skirt. Tobacco smoke screen. Yeah. (laughs) Just like wafting it with like the hem of my skirt. So I will say with all this stuff that you're like concentrating on doing right now um, and getting that fire set and wafting the smoke over, it's not going to have an effect right at this moment, but it will in the future. Uh, You can choose who goes next. We'll have the monster go so he doesn't do quadruple million attacks. (laughs) Okay. So on his turn, he's going to use his Searing special ability, spending some channel points, and you actually see some of the wounds on his chest close as it sears shut. But that is, uh, he, he's also going to use another channeling point to take a swipe at Charles. Earl, if you could roll uh, roll my eight. eight. Four, eight, eight, three. Three, eight, ten, twelve. 10, 12. So after the wound sears shut, he makes a desperate leap out to kind of swipe at Charles. But you're just like in your dances, you know, kind of slowly <laughs> yep. swaying. And he, he just whiffs past you. <laughs> Do a little duck. Uh, and we'll have Charles go next. I'm going to try and... Uh... Uh, finish it, so to speak. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to come in for a, a double strike. Okay. Rolling eight again. So my first attack. 11, 11, 12, 2. 12, 12, 3, 4. And then I'm going to roll another one, because it's my signature weapon. Eight! Ha-ha! Moving on to the second attack. Eleven, four, twelve, three. Three, two, one, eight. Six. Okay. Let me roll here. After he takes that just inept swing against you in his rage, um, Charles, would you like to describe how you finish off Washington Martell here? Yes. Um, So after he's sort of done that wild, yeah, like swipe at me and I've done like a quick little just evade out, um, I'm actually going to... uh, My first attack is essentially going to come up around the back end. Like, I'm basically going to to cut sort of 
uh, how do we say uh, up the middle from the back of his, basically up his back and spine. Uh, mm -hmm. so I'm just going to cut sort of straight up uh, around the back. And then I'm going to quickly essentially dash, like spin around his body and then come uh, from top down. Essentially, I'm going to cut him up ways and then down ways, essentially in half. Uh, sure. Perineum to crown, if you will. So as he does that wild lunge and reaches too far forward, you come around and you stab him in the small of the back, dragging your knife all the way up his spine. And then as he recoils, you step around, pull, dragging the knife underneath the armpit that you stabbed earlier, mm. opening up along the rib side and then down the sternum to navel. And basically just opening up an entire section of his chest. And as he collapses on the ground and his rib cage opens, instead of blood and guts pouring out, you see uh, ash and dead white coals, uh, like charcoal, Ooh. pour out of his body. And slowly his body just sort of collapses in on itself as it's been burned from the inside. And then his blackened skin just kind of sits on the floor like flakes of dust being threatened to carry, you know, be carried away on the wind. Whew. Certainly wasn't expecting that. All of his like buddies, they they had been yeah, burned. What, what's and, like, happened to all of the people? Yeah, have they run away? Have they been obliterated? As you turn back to look at them, um, you see that they are all dead, and they have been burned. Uh, they look like like a burning log or something exploded in their face, so they are just seared all over their face and uh, are dead. Um, can we search them to see if they had anything? As you guys walk down towards uh, the far end of this factory, essentially, and approach their bodies, last episode, I mentioned that after you killed the crow beast, everything mm. went very still in the city. Yeah. Yes. Suddenly, noise returns, and you can hear, like, the distant breeze and you can hear like the call of birds way far off in the distance oh. and stuff like that. Like it's almost and like can... our senses come back, like like our sense of hearing kind of came back to us. Yeah, this overall stillness that was in the city has just seemed to stop at now. Huh. But in terms of what you find on the bodies, you do find um they were all carrying revolvers with uh, like 10 extra rounds or whatever, including the six they had it, had loaded up. They have their clothes and stuff like that. You also find a note inside of it, which appears to be written in some kind of cipher. It is not actually handwritten. You can tell that it's actually, for lack of a better term, you know, like people cutting out uh, pieces of a magazine and putting it there. Oh, it's like collage. Yeah. Um, so the this letter is typeset, but it appears that each letter, they pulled a different wood block in order to type it, essentially. So it's been printed, but it's been printed to be like hodgepodged. Yeah. Okay. And also it's written in a language that you can't understand. The sheriff can roll an experience plus history if you would like to try and kind of decipher what language this might be. Okay. <clears throat> Which I believe is eight for you, Paul. Eight. But it's a language and not like a code? Uh, yeah, I misspoke. It's not a cipher. It's a different language. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> can I still do that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 8D12. Okay. Uh, 12, 9, 4, 7, 6, 8, 4, 3. 
Okay, so the language that you are reading here appears to be written in German. Mm. Um, but it is not like um, modern German. You probably at least have run across German immigrants in your past. It seems this is more of an older classical German. High German. Yeah, kind of. It's like the difference between English and Old English. You know, certain words aren't in usage, yeah. or they're spelled differently. So There's that it S that looks like an F. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't look like much of anything to you, aside from the fact that it is written in German. But um, as you look through the clothes, you see that multiple have of them have the same note. Are they all this the same same note or do they look like they have different things written on them it is all the same context like they've uh, all received content. the same note yeah got it and they're all the same sort of hodgepodge lettering uh correct okay. uh based on the formatting though it almost looks like it's a letter in terms of, you know, you have, like, what would be dear and then name, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the content of the letter, and then, like, thank you or yours sincerely, plus a name at the bottom. Mm -hmm. But the name uh, at the bottom doesn't make any sense to you. It's not a name that you would know. It's uh, in German. Uh, what is it? Can I ask? The word is Magier. M-A-G-I-E-R. I don't know what any of this is all French to me. <laughs> French, it's German. Charles, Charles laughs very, very loudly. <laughs> like, like one of those, like, ah, ha, 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 like Titus Final Fantasy X laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> oh my God. Thought we needed a little pick me up. <laughs> no? Do I need to learn to read the room better? That's 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 what that's what Gloria at the office always says. Charles, you need to read the room better. Okay, and then uh, one thing I do want to mention: um, you didn't have the moment to register it, Sheriff, but you do know that the Night Riders, who are the vigilante group who are, you know, roughing up local tobacco growers for not boycotting sales to the American Tobacco Company. The Knight Riders are not the Ku Klux Klan, but they have a lot of similar things, including using like code words and stuff like that, and hiding their faces behind sheets. So oh. it leads you to believe that Washington Martell was a member of the Knight Riders. But you probably could have also guessed that by yourself, I honestly, just knowing him. You probably and figured even that out. outside of the character, I was like, that guy's that guy's probably a probably a racist <laughs> i mean came to me i think we figured that out as soon as he looked at me <laughs> yeah so the night riders do attack local sharecroppers and stuff like that because they're not part of the boycott of the american tobacco company and since sharecroppers are typically people of color and stuff like that um they attack a lot of Poor brown or black people. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so I, I also want to finish gathering as as much tobacco as I can physically carry with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just in case. Okay. Dave, I didn't know you enjoyed the the plant so much. It's 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 for the weird green ooze. It's it, oh. it's it's defense. <laughs> Good thinking. Um do you think do you think if we if we cover does it work like if we cover uh uh god what the fuck is her name? Um who's asleep right now? Oh. Elizabeth? Oh, like in a bed, like a blanket of them. Yeah, does that does it work? That I'm sorry, I, this this is this. Is I don't know. We can try it. Magic. That's how most magic is is figured out <laughs> by just 
spending it. <laughs> All right, so we can get. Okay, so we gather. I'll gather up like a enough to make a tobacco blanket. Yeah, and I and I want to have like a lot on me so that I can like create a large like smudging, like bouquet essentially for anything that we encounter in the future. Also, instead of making a blanket, you could do, uh, like I said in the intro, you could sprinkle the leaves along the doors and windows of the mm. hotel. Oh yeah, yeah, I will do that. Ghost out. Yeah. So as you are walking back towards the hotel. You see around the corner from the tobacco factory, as it were, the groundskeeper's area. Oh. And you actually see the front gate open and some men in black step out and they are pushing little carts that have like tools and rakes and whatnot inside yeah. of them. I mean, can we just observe them for a minute? Like, like I just don't want to <laughs> indicate like let them know but I, I would like to watch what they're doing so yeah they take a step outside pushing their carts and you see them take a long look round, as if they're like w looking for something or watching out for something but then once they notice that it's quiet and they have seen you at this point but they don't you're definitely not the thing they're looking, they're for. looking for okay they uh spread out to start cleaning up the town kind of going in different directions i'll stop i i mean what are we i'm trying to remember what we were going to ask them basically about what they do i was just going to ask because they because the the town is so meticulously mm -hmm. taken care of um that i felt as if they would they're the ones that would might see something since they are the ones at night these attacks yeah. are happening at night, but but we kind of know at least what the core evil thing is. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess, it might, it might be I'm good to, to just ask them about the town and yeah. give me some hot gas that we need yeah. to know. All right, well, we'll we'll stop stop a, a young groundskeeper. Excuse excuse me, sir. Yes, sir. Can I help you with something? Um, you're a groundskeeper, uh, for this, for New Nazareth. Have you noticed anything strange of late? We've been, uh, brought in from out of town, uh, to investigate some attacks that may have been happening from wildlife or uh strange instances as well have you noticed anything he uh takes a moment to kind of look over his shoulder to make sure that none of the other groundskeepers are listening and he says um so they don't want us to go out until night and uh recently they told us that uh there's a few hours just after sundown where we're not allowed to go out at all. Who's they? Uh, I, I, I don't know. It was just... And he like takes another look over his shoulder. He's like, one, one of the groundskeepers, he was a... Uh, William, he was trying to uh, meet his girl late at night, and... Uh, they weren't wet or nothing, but uh, so it was, he had to keep it, you know, real quiet and everything, but he was trying to get his work done early. So he went out shortly after sundown and uh, was cleaning up around uh, the uh, fountain up on the uh, west side of town. Hmm. And uh, I, I don't know how I can say it, but something ate him. Yes, I see. And how how long ago was this? It was a while ago, like a year ago or something. And then it's just 
like every time they would send us out like right after sundown we'd hear all these noises and things stalking us between the buildings and mm. they told us not to go out because uh, it would get quiet uh, once it's just like Jeez. a couple of hours after sundown so, something real weird's going on yes yeah, something strange does appear to be going on um now question you all take care of the entire town so meticulously why not the graveyard uh we we try our best to take care of it but the them vines they just keep growing back up and we don't know how how to get rid of them well uh i don't know if anyone's been to the graveyard lately but there is a bit of a mess that you might want to be uh sorting but i do think that the vines might be a bit more manageable now if you know what i mean i i don't know what you mean sir but thank you kindly for your assistance if that is the case right um yeah there was a demon vine that was growing uh, hmm? we took care of it um so the martells <laughs> Um, are the ones that employ you? Uh, that's correct. They employ all of us. Um, we, we're not old enough or we don't have families yet. So we just, we get the, uh, the groundskeeping job. Everybody in New Nazareth has a job and gets sent in a particular direction. the ones telling you not to at night or just things that you've been seeing and hearing you has made you not go out in certain hours I, 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 I honestly think it just started as a rumor maybe uh, if you believe you know the rumors and where it traces back to it, maybe somebody like Carter McGrath said that we shouldn't go out at oh, a certain uh, time of night. William, you said, right, William? William's my dead friend. Oh, I'm sorry. What's your name? Michael. Michael. Apologies. These foreign names, I get them confused all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you understand. <laughs> I, I don't, but like, what's your name? Charles. Okay. Uh, do you have a supervisor? Um, so, uh, we do have a supervisor. Um, so the, the man who kind of oversees groundskeeping and stuff like that, he, he's one of the Martell brothers, uh, Buchanan Martell. Buck Martell, I see. <laughs> And, uh, Sheriff, here is what you know of Buchanan Martell. So, the second son of the Martell family was actually trained as a doctor, but he has never practiced as one. Um, from oh. the rumors that you've heard, Buchanan is probably also the laziest of all the Martell children, and you know that he has a gambling problem. Some people have complained to you that he pays farmhands to engage in boxing matches for his pleasure, and so he can bet on the results. Hmm. I have to figure out how I can use that to my advantage. Yeah, so so Buchanan, he, he's technically in charge of us, but he never comes around or anything. Doesn't say hello or give us direction much. So who does do that? Or do you I just... Mean, are you all self-starters? Are you all very self-motivated, uh, self-regulatory, disciplined? I mean, learn on the job, otherwise you don't got a place to live. True, true. On your, on your nightly um, cleanups, have you found any sort of strange animals? So I did get, uh, after William died, they gave me some of his duties, and I had to go and clean up at the well or the fountain on the west side of town. 
And uh, w one night I went out there and I saw a fish swimming around the fountain, but it was bigger than a man. And I could have sworn that when it, I had my back turned to it, it kept looking up out of the water at me. Is that this town's main water source? No, no ma'am. There's an actual well uh, on the east side of town, beyond some of the houses. The mm. fountain's just kind of a conversation piece, I think is what they called it. <laughs> right. Um, and the the well and and those things wouldn't happen to lead down into the caves underneath this area, would they? No, sir, not that I'm aware of. Oh. I see. Interesting. I, I don't know much about the caves because I've never been in them myself. Seem kind of dangerous. Yes, we've been told to uh, contact the wild sisters. Yeah, do you see an expression cross his face? Not shock, but he's like, oh, I know the Wild Sisters. <laughs> oh, I had heard of them. <laughs> yeah, the Wild Sisters, they run the, the bunk houses. That's for the unmarried folks to live. The, they got the female bunkhouse and the male bunkhouse. And e each one of the Wild Sisters runs one of them. Well, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, appreciate you speaking with us and thank, uh, thank you if you do notice any other things uh, that are strange markings tracks uh, oh right have you sorry forgot to ask have you had to be uh, cleaning up any areas repeatedly uh, on your rounds that seem to be I, I assume that, you know, now, how long have you been doing this? How many, what's, how long has your, how long have you been? I've been doing it for a few, few years now, but I'm okay. going steady with a girl, so I might move out of this position soon. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations. But, you know, you, you can generally tell, I'm assuming, when uh, you find a, a mess, uh, what's happened, right? I assume. No, for more or less. I mean, I would hope so. Have there been any um, any messes lately that you've found that seem to not have any sort of explanation as to how they got to be the way they were? Well, I usually clean the statues over in the garden, but uh, uh, the new fella, um, Martin, he. He's taking care of the fountain now, and he told me that uh, it just gets covered in this gunk all the time, that uh, he has to work real hard to clean off. Fountain, you say? Uh, what does Martin look like? Would you, if, we, if we went to the fountain around uh, later on, would we be able to find him there? Yeah, if you head on over there, he should be around. All right. Thank you very much for your time, Michael. Uh, I feel like we should head back to the, the hotel. I feel okay. like my questions are satisfied. So you head back to the hotel. You uh, take some time to clean yourself up once again. Um, uh, apply some plasters to any <laughs> open wounds that you might have and whatnot. Um, I also want to like, like make healing? some of the... I want to make some of that the tobacco leaves into that powder, like I did with my um, in a pinch. But assuming as we have more time, I'm assuming we can do it without using that. Less of a pinch, <laughs> no pinch. Less of a pinch. So no pinch. Yes, you can do it. It will just take you some time in order to do. Um, it will. Probably I mean, is it okay if I rest to heal? Is it enough? Like, is it enough time for me to rest and heal, or? Yeah, so uh, do you guys actually want to, after prepping everything, just take a long rest 
and like wake up in the morning to yeah uh i'd like i mean before we do i feel like i, I don't know if we, we're gonna set up sprinkle tobaccos yeah well yeah around yeah we'll do all of that yeah so in a little mortar and pestle you uh grind up some of the dried tobacco leaves and you spread it around the various ingresses and in egresses to keep out negative energies from this place i also want to just like get like some of my biggest vial and just fill the baby up <laughs> as you all complete your tasks clean yourselves up and kind of move back to your hotel rooms i think this is when we will end this episode of Dice Try. So, before we go, let's go around the horn and do some plugs. Paul Dixon, what you got going on, buddy? Oh, you plugged me. Um, I'm, uh, you know, currently holed up in my home. And uh, I feel like I'm in hibernation mode. I can't really go mm -hmm. anywhere. Uh, unfortunately, that's uh, where I'm at. But uh, I'm I'm doing a lot of writing. I'm doing uh, a lot of uh, exploring of uh, acting and such. So it's been it's been a hoot. Um, I'm just posting stuff online, you know, with the holidays and everything. So uh, come check it out on Paul Allen Dixon Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. Crystal Llewellyn, what do you have going on? Um, currently, um, well, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Crystal Llewellyn MUA for any of my makeup looks. Uh, I'm I'm taking a little bit of a break from like making videos and streaming at the moment because I will be moving very soon, so I have to sort of like can do all that stuff. Um, but at the beginning of the year, I'm going to um have like a new setup for all of my makeup tutorials and stuff so keep a lookout for that and um my etsy uh, which is shop rogue or shop rogue etsy on instagram uh, i will be having a black friday special where i have a bunch of uh, pre-made masks that i'm going to be selling for ten dollars a piece um and probably other um specials and promotions as well and there's christmas fabrics so please buy a mask and then wear it because you need to still it's still yes. a <laughs> pandemic is still a thing so it's buy a mask and wear it <laughs> everyone seriously though like you know california's had like a hundred thousand cases a day happening and it's all like right now at our current juncture when we're recording this, a lot of it's because of Halloween. Earl, what do you have going on? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, as a lot of you know, I uh, stream on Twitch uh, at Earl of Sandwich. Uh, and uh, I'm a part of a streaming team along with Daisuke Tsuji, who plays uh, Jin Sakai in Ghost of Tsushima. So, yeah, uh, we've got uh, lots of fun, exciting uh, holiday things happening. I believe as of this going up, our holiday uh, community contest is still happening, so we're asking for uh, winter holiday-themed artwork um, for our channels and uh, on our Discord, so yeah, check that out. It's pretty cool. Dan, what do you got going on? Oh, well, thank you for asking. I am... Hemingway Light on Instagram and Twitter. I am also streaming on Twitch at Hemingway Light. And then in addition to all that, if you are not subscribed to Dice Try, why aren't you? Because real. this yeah. a special episode that came out on Thanksgiving Day, which features uh, Paul Dixon, myself, and a couple of special guests playing Fiasco. And it's, it's a hoot. It is. It Do was. Still say hoot. Anyway, that it was, was funny and fun. <laughs> Do people do that now? Do people yeah, say so. that? People, people say, still hoot. They do hoot and holler still. Do they hoot and or holler? And or holler. Is it a hoot and a nanny? 
So make sure you are subscribed on your favorite listening app so you don't miss any of those special episodes in the future. I thank you all for listening, and I will. we will all talk to you soon. All right. Thank you for listening to Dice Try. I'm your host, Daniel Schaub, and this episode's cast has included Paul Dixon, Earl Kim, and Crystal Llewellyn. This production has been edited by Gabriel Toya Melendez with special music provided by Glenn Davis. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dice Try Podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and review.